0: Hello, I'm James. Hi,
1: I'm Jimmy. Welcome to A Job Done Well, a podcast about the world of work and how to improve the daily grind. Well, James, how has uh, your week been?
0: I'm a man of a certain age, I had to go and see my doctor, so I go and see my GP and here I am, you know, not feeling too great, I think I am the centre of this GP's world and after 10 minutes she looks at me and she says, right, your 10 minutes are up, you can go now.
1: I felt fantastic about the whole experience. Today's episode is what gets measured gets done. We can figure out what your GP is being measured on there. Yeah, I can imagine. Do you want to ask me how my week's been? As oh I know, yeah, that's all about you. You know what I mean? <laughs> How's your week been? Thanks, James. Well, I spent a lot of time decorating our downstairs toilet, which is definitely way out of my comfort zone. I've completed it. I've ticked a box, but it hasn't been quality checked yet, so. Once my other half quality checks and points out all the things I've done wrong, then we can declare satisfaction on that project and move on with our lives and get decorators back next time uh, anything needs painting. Yeah, but what she doesn't know is that I went to the downstairs bathroom.
0: It was wet, so I've got my fingerprints on the door, and that little secret is out now, so you're going to have to do that again. I don't want she'll spot that anyhow. Right then, we're going to talk about measures and targets today. Here's a little horror story, something I heard the other day. During the 1980s, I think it was, there was a school inspection went on. And the school inspector was sitting in the back of the class and the teacher's teaching away. And when she asked a question, all the kids stuck their hands up in the air. And then the teacher picked on one of the children to answer the question. And of course, the inspector went away thinking, oh, everything's rosy. Apparently what happened was that before the inspector came in, the teacher had said to the children... Right, we've got an inspector coming in today. I'm going to ask you some questions. If you know the answer to the question, stick your right hand in the air. And if you don't know the answer to the question, stick your left hand into the air. So there's a thought for you. It's not really about education at all. It's all about passing the school inspection.
1: Measures measures are everywhere. They impact your life all the time. How you're treated in that restaurant quite often will depend on what's being measured, how you're experiencing a shop, how long you queue up for, that also could depend on what's being measured within that shop. It's just everywhere, all the time. When you go into places and people are trying to sell you things, their sales targets are driving their behaviors. Another good one that I was reading the other day in Men's Health magazine. All right. How long should you be having sex for? Apparently seven to 13 minutes is the optimal amount of time. So it's all about time, not about quality, all about time. So like I say, today's episode, what gets measured, gets done. This is not a conversation we're going to pursue further on this podcast. Definitely not, definitely not. Anyhow, today what we are going to pursue is why, why measures are important, how you use measures, measures versus targets. Ah, measures versus targets—one of my favourite subjects.
0: Goodhart's law. Have you ever heard of Charles Goodhart? No, I don't suppose you have. Nah. Right. So Charles Goodhart was—I think he was an economist in the 1970s or 80s—and he was really critical of Margaret Thatcher's government. And he came up with this thing, which he wrote down, which was any observed statistical regularity will tend to collapse once pressure is placed upon it for control purposes
1: what the fuck
0: yeah so what that means is that when a measure becomes a target it ceases to be a good measure
1: people cheat. that's fair point james people do cheat a great example that's in the news at the moment we've got the covid inquiry going on and i'm sure one of the things will come out um in that will be about the whole testing strategy that we had early on in covid yeah And if you remember, they were setting targets for how many tests were going to be done each day. And they were just completely obsessed and focused about hitting this. And then you dig into it a little bit and you realise it's not how many tests are done, it's how many they've dispatched. So they were holding them back, putting them forward, just trying to do it, manipulate it, to try and hit the number that Matt Hancock had called out. I think the other thing that the uh, that will come out in the, the the covid inquiry is also the tension between the measures that the different ministers had so hancock had measures around kind of health covid rates and stuff like that whereas um rishi sunak clearly had measures around the economy so you know things like the eat out to help out uh, that was great for the economy not so good for covid rates so again the Distant, different tensions that measures create. Well, and there's also that thing in that one where they couldn't actually
0: decide whether, de- whether or not a death counted as COVID. So if somebody died in a care home, it wasn't counted. Whereas if they died somewhere else, it was. So yeah, getting a right mess. Now I know it's a little bit nuanced difference between a measure and a target, but it really is a big deal. So a measure, in my mind, is something which tells you how you are progressing against something that you want to achieve. And if you're not progressing as much as you want, well, then there's a question about what's getting in your way and what can you do about it. Whereas a target is absolute. When people start talking about targets, then all of a sudden you've got a dose of success or failure. And, of course, that drives a whole host of different behaviours because nobody wants to fail. And the problem is that most managers are incapable of looking at a measure without asking, well, what's the target? And then the other thing, of course, is that we're very good at... Measuring the things which we can get our hands around the numbers really easily, but the things which are maybe much more important, which we can't get the data for, we don't focus on. So, a classic example of this, if you ever worked in a call centre, is people will obsess about the numbers which are easy to get. So, average handle time, and abandon rates, and average speed of answers, and a whole host of different measures. But the really important thing in a call centre, well, you would hope the really important thing in a call centre is. Did the agent resolve the customer's query? And um, that's not so easy to get hold of, and consequently, not so many call centres worry about um, providing that piece of information, let alone targeting it.
1: Yeah, let's let's measure how long you're on the phone. Easy to measure, not what you're actually there trying to do. Or, as you rightly say, James, measure loads of things. I mean, I've been involved in lots of discussions in organisations on boards where let's let's measure everything. Let's get every angle covered. And then you can't see the wood for the trees. Oh,
0: yeah. And then my one of my favourite you know, things that really winds me up is the way they're presented. So then they shove everything onto a pile of graphs, a thousand different colours. I mean, it's really a
1: bit crude, but it looks like somebody's vomited on the PowerPoint. It's dreadful. Yeah, there are a number of people who've worked for me in the past who will tell you if you make a, a graph colourful, I'm there, I'm one over. Right. Anyway, so as the head of colouring in, let's move on. So, really important to link... Your measures to purpose. Last week we talked about the importance of purpose. The measures really help you understand your progress towards delivering on that purpose. A great example of how that can play out in real life. We were talking earlier James about deliveries. And we've got a few deliveries coming to our house today. And you know, there will be a very different experience. Whether you have your div- delivery from a company like Every. Mm-hmm. who their purpose is clear to be very, very cheap. Um, not so cheerful, but definitely cheap. Sorry about cutting. I got a delivery from Every the other day.
0: Yeah, they sent me the photograph of my house. It wasn't my house. I had to walk, I think it was about eight houses down the street, to find my parcel. Anyway, moving on before I start ranting about Every. But equally,
1: we'll get a load of stuff delivered by DPD, who clearly are more interested in... Do they deliver it to the right people? Do you have a good experience with them? You know, it's a completely different way of doing things, but both are, are driven from the purpose of their company. Yeah,
0: interesting, isn't it? And I wonder which one of those organisations will make the most money in the long term. But. I think for me the point is there it's really pointless jumping up and down on people's heads when the measure doesn't necessarily become what it wants to be i heard a really interesting story about fedex the other day and they apparently have improved their effectiveness and made their deliveries much faster and what they did i need to get this the right way around so based in the states where they all drive on the right hand side is they designed their routes so that their routes were clockwise so they were always turning right as they go around the route and obviously, because they drive on the right and they're turning right, they don't have to try, um, cross the traffic. And because they don't have to cross the traffic, um, they can get round their route quicker, which I thought was quite interesting. Presumably, they've instigated the same in the UK, but turning left. So how should you do it? How
1: should you design your, your measures from your purpose?
0: Well, I think the really important thing is to start off by being clear what your purpose is. one we talked about last week was, um, was Netflix, and their purpose statement was something along the lines of our purpose is to entertain people no matter where you live or whatever your tastes are. And once you understand that, then the question is, well, did we entertain you, yes or no? And where did you live? Have we got that covered? And what was your taste? So once
1: you've got the mind around that, then you can design your system to improve those measures. And that gets us into one of our favourite discussions where we agree to disagree, what's most important, the system or the people. The point being, <clears throat> you know, you really need to understand the drivers of your measures. But they do say, don't they, that a bad system will be a good person every time.
0: But then I would well, say that. Yeah, you, you say that, Joe. Yeah, right. I'm not sure who they is other than you. <laughs> yeah, so an interesting example of that is my point about my doctor earlier on. So there she is busily trying to make sure she sees everybody within 10 minutes. But is 10 minutes long enough? Obviously, what really happens is that the doctor cuts the appointment short. A couple of very easy ways to do that, give the patient some paracetamol and tell them to come back next week when they can have another 10 minutes, or send them on to the hospital when they really don't need to be going to the hospital. It's a classic
1: example of hitting the target but missing the points. Yeah, exactly. And in that case... almost the the target the 10 minutes has become the purpose whereas actually the doctor's there to you know cure illnesses not see patients within 10 minutes i couldn't agree more anyway so where have you seen measures used well well to be honest not to blow my own trumpet in one of the previous organizations I, i worked at we were there to to really help customers when they they were in trouble and the organization had lost its way a little bit and they weren't really clear on their purpose anyhow we we focused the organization on helping customers and out of that we understood how satisfied customers were and we had a, a simple set of measures of which customer satisfaction was key for us so did people walk away from this organization feeling they'd had a, a good experience and then we lined everyone up behind delivering on that So people really understood what the overall uh, purpose was, what the measures were, and everyone was engaged in trying to deliver on that. We had people who were talking to customers, who obviously were focused on it, but also people who were there to help them and make the processes easier and, and help them do their jobs better. So it became a really collaborative effort to try and deliver on this customer satisfaction measure. Over a period of time, we saw it go from the low 50s to, to the high 80s.
0: So there you go. The really interesting part there is that you didn't target the individuals. What you did was so you had a team target and everybody looked at that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: And, and and interesting enough, like you say, everyone looked at overall customer satisfaction. Everyone understood the part they played towards delivery of that. And that's how people earned their bonuses at the end of the year, was how the organisation performed, not how they individually performed.
0: Yeah, so you didn't make it in their interest to gain the system then? No, it was collaborative, not competitive. Yeah, very good. Um, And then the other thing about targets versus measures is when you've got a target, it can become really binary. So you either hit the target or you didn't. Now there's this horror story about um, ambulances and breaches. I don't know how true this is, but maybe it's an urban myth... But apparently, 75% of ambulances have to arrive at certain incidents within eight minutes, depending on how severe the incident is. But what I've heard is that if an ambulance isn't going to get there in eight minutes and something else happens, what the dispatchers will do is think, well, that one's breached, we'll not get it at the target with that one, and then they'll send the ambulance somewhere else instead. So once you've breached, you can wait around hours for the ambulance to arrive. So there you go, an example of um, binary targets.
1: And you can often see that in, in other organisations where, you know, if you've then hit the target, ease off. Why would you exceed it by too much? You know, put some in the bank for, for next year. Ah, now, on the subject
0: of banks, there's all this stuff in the news about government changing legislation so that bankers'
1: targets aren't capped. Go on, tell me, what do you think of that one? Well, that's a whole episode on its own, but the thing that I'd be most concerned with, what are you targeting them with? Because, as we're discussing today, what gets measured gets done. Yeah, Um, and that
0: really, I suppose, begs the question should the target be 100% or 0%? Because, actually, coming back to my ambulance one, I don't want to be 75% you're here in eight minutes, I
1: want to be 100% you're here in eight minutes. I think that's a good example, though, of aspiration versus target. I mean, you might want to have an aspiration that's to get there in 100% in eight minutes, but setting a target of that is probably going to be unrealistic and, again, drive the wrong sort of behaviour. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And then another thing, right, how many measures do you need? So I worked for an organisation for a while. I was responsible for management information there. And we produced a monthly MI pack, and it ran to 170 pages. And each one of those pages probably had three or four different graphs and pieces of information and commentary on it. And I'm thinking, does anybody actually read this 170 pages? There's a chap called, oh, there was a chap, bless him, he's dead now, called Russell Ackoff. And he had this phrase, which was, the less managers understand the business, the more variables they require to explain it. So there is almost that thing about more is more, but you really don't understand what's going on. And then you add onto that all these systems which can now generate thousands of different metrics in different meanings, yeah, and you drag it all into a meeting, And it really doesn't help you. So what does a good set of measures look like? Well, first of all, have you really got the critical few? Do you understand what they are? And do they link to purpose? And then could you
1: please present them in a nice, clear, easy to interpret way? How do you use measures becomes all important. And we've talked about using them with targets and how they drive behaviours, but also how do you, as, as leaders, actually use those me- measures? So if you are coaching improvement, you'll get one outcome. If you are beaten with a stick, you'll get a, a completely different outcome. Oh yeah, I had that
0: once. Um, my work for a guy was a yeah, great combination of bully and idiot all rolled into one. But I remember we were discussing a project and I said that we'd achieved such and such percent of our target. And he said to me, so, James, can you guarantee that you will achieve that in every area that you look at? And I looked at him and said, well, I'm afraid I can't because every area is different, but we will give it our best shot. And he said, no, James, you don't understand. Can you achieve that? Yes or yes. And then he started banging the table. And after I walked out of that, I can imagine I was a bit dazed, but I made sure that I told him we'd hit the target. Whether we had or not is a different matter altogether.
1: That is a great example of lazy management. Set yeah. a target and then just shout a lot until you get that target delivered. Whereas actually, real skilled leaders have a set of measures that they know are linked into their purpose and they will help and coach their teams to improve. Mm, absolutely. It's that great phrase, isn't it? Deming quote, a target without method is cruel. So in summary, link the, the measures to a purpose understand the drivers is it the system is it the people it's always the system jimmy of course of course don't jump to conclusions james know that the uh, the numbers affect behaviors so what gets measured will get done and the way you use the measures will really supercharge the behaviors that you actually see yeah and most of all when you're using your measures don't give people a reason to cheat because they will you always like to have the last word, don't you, James? Absolutely, I do. I never get it at it, home. It was my job to summarise, not yours. Yeah, well, Anyhow, what you don't know is we've got a question from last week, the episode that we did on purpose. We've got a question from Adrian in the Peak District. How do you go about creating a purpose statement? Well, I think there's a few things. Uh, give yourself the space to think Make sure it's a collaborative effort so it's not a solo thing if you're doing it as a, you know, for an organisation, involve the organisation. If you're doing it with a team, involve the team. Link it to uh, what's existing. So if you're a team in a big organisation, understand what's already there in terms of the, the company's direction. Uh, watch for wordsmithing, so try and avoid too much corporate bullshit because you really want people to be motivated to uh, deliver and it's a very small minority of people that are motivated by corporate bullshit. And and try it out. Try it out on people. See what reaction you get. Yeah. And also sense check it against the things we talked
0: about last time. So is it customer focused? Because if your purpose isn't customer focused then it ain't a good purpose. Is it engaging? Will your employees really care about it because you want them to help deliver it and make sure it's measurable and actionable
1: and then once you've done all that make sure you 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 share it and really build belief we should give some thanks to a number of our, our listeners friends and family who have been testing out this podcast they've given us quite a lot of feedback which will help us on our quest to continue to improve the uh, output we we're giving you all. Yeah, uh, and go on, what guess, was the feedback? Well, the, f- no, the feedback was really good. The feedback was really good. Two things I'd pull out. One was everyone was very surprised at the quality, which I think was a backhanded compliment. But the other thing was that somebody had suggested that it should be renamed the uh, the Boffin and the Baraboy. Yeah, I can imagine which one's which.
0: So, hope you enjoyed that um, episode. Uh, if you did... Please like it, share it, review it, follow it, and send us some questions. Depending on the quality of answer you want, you either need to send that to jimmy at ajobdonewell.com or alternatively james at ajobdonewell.com. Anyway, I hope you have a super week.
1: Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Cheers now.